on the show today. The FCC announces more provisions of its crackdown on robocalls. Facebook has a data leak about its data leak. Mexico approves a bill to create a registry of all cell phone users. Our scam of the day takes advantage of your generosity. And today's tip gives you five mistakes that could compromise your phone. All of that and more is coming up on the April 26th, 2021 edition of Cybersecurity Made Personal. Helping you stay safe in a connected world. This is Cybersecurity Made Personal. Hello and welcome to the Cybersecurity Made Personal Podcast, the safest podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Jim Herman. I have five stories on the news beat for you today. We begin in Washington, where the FCC is beginning to crack down on robocalls by requiring all voice call providers to report the work they are doing to stop them. Starting September 28th, any companies that received an extension to implement a protocol that verifies caller ID records will be forced to file detailed reports on their progress toward implementing that technology. The FCC says that companies must certify they are taking steps to block illegal robocalls, or their calls will also be blocked. But it's not currently clear how the FCC will validate reports submitted or what consequences companies that falsify reports will face. While most companies will have implemented the protocols by the September 28th deadline, smaller companies, especially those still operating on analog networks, have applied for and received extensions from the FCC. While it may feel like it's going to be a long shot to stop these calls, it's at least reassuring to know the FCC is trying to do something. But a more important question is, what are we going to do when we aren't getting calls to remind us about our car's extended warranty? Moving across the country, last week Facebook suffered an accidental breach of data consisting of it talking about another recent data breach. A Belgian tech journalist contacted a public relations operative with some questions about the data that had been recently dumped online. When he received the response, he was inadvertently sent an internal email where Facebook stated they would frame the issue as a, quote, broad industry issue, and that they also wanted to, also, quote, normalize the fact that this activity happens regularly. All in all, it's more bad news for a social media company that's had quite a bit of bad news recently. Heading across the southern border, the Mexican Senate has approved a controversial bill that would create a mandatory nationwide registry of cell phone users, including their biometric data. The authors say the purpose of the bill is to stop crimes of extortion and kidnapping that often include the use of burner phones. The database would include 10 different data points, 
including the mobile phone number, the name or business of the user, their official identification number with a photograph, and the biometric data of the user. The provisions require all users of cell phones in the country, not just those newly activated, to have their data included in the registry. However, some people have expressed concern that any hack of the registry could be dangerous and could put millions of people in the country at risk. Moving across the Atlantic, the British intelligence agency, MI5, is warning that over 10,000 UK citizens have been approached by others on LinkedIn as part of a massive data collection operation. The list of people contacted includes staff in almost every government agency, as well as other important industries. MI5 believes that the ultimate goal was to offer them speaking or travel opportunities that could lead to recruiting them to provide confidential information to their informants. MI5 has launched a campaign titled Think Before You Link to educate the public about the threats that can come through social media. The organization believes that a large number of those approached engaged with the fake profiles in some way. And finally, ahead of yesterday's Oscars, the password management company SpecOps revealed a list of the top 20 movie names used in breached passwords. Topping the list was Rocky, followed by Hook, Matrix, and Batman, with Psycho rounding out the top five. However, I thought the most interesting password in the top 20 came in at number 17, which was Twister. But in some good news, I think we can all be glad that Sharknado did not make the list. And now we move on to our scam of the day. America is one of the most giving nations on the planet. A recent study showed that approximately 1.5% of our nation's GDP is given away to charitable causes, which is almost twice as high as the next nation on the list, Canada. Add to that our generous social programs to help those in need, and you have a very giving nation. However, as you can probably imagine, anything good will be corrupted by those wanting to steal your money, and that absolutely applies to charity. Regardless of what country you live in, America or otherwise, you could be targeted by a charity scam. In a charity scam, scammers will create fake charities designed to steal your money. This is most common following disasters or major world events. Fake charities will take advantage of people's generosity and raise money supposedly for relief, but the money will never actually make it to the charitable cause. The scammers may also take advantage of seasonal fundraisers and imitate legitimate charities. For example, there could be fake pages trying to imitate the Salvation Army during their annual fundraising campaign between Thanksgiving and Christmas. If you decide to donate to a charity online, ensure you are actually on that charity's donation page. If you just search for the charity, don't trust the advertising links. That's one big way that these scam pages rise to the top of the results. Scroll past the ads 
and go to the first actual search result. And finally, keep an eye out for charities that waste your money. Not every charity takes care of your donations and ensures that they are spent wisely. To pull just one recent example, the Wounded Warrior Project was raising over $300 million per year thanks to a national ad campaign, but unfortunately, only 60% of the money raised was actually going to help our wounded veterans. It's understandable that every charity is going to have some overhead costs and expenses for advertising. However, the report from CBS said that two other similar organizations with much smaller budgets were able to spend 91 and 96% of their budgets on their mission. Fortunately, the revelation of this information led to changes at the Wounded Warrior Project and as far as I can tell from my research, the charity has done a much better job at making sure its donations are spent to fulfill its mission. If you want to get an idea of how a charity is spending its money, I recommend starting with Give.org, the Better Business Bureau's charity website. This site compares charities against 20 standards for accountability, including its financial management. You can also see a breakdown on the percentage of expenses that go to the charity's mission, that go to fundraising costs, and that go to administrative expenses based on their filings with the IRS. So before you give to a charity, make sure it's a legitimate charity, make sure you are only giving through the charity's legitimate donation page, and make sure you are giving to a charity that will spend your money wisely. That will help make sure the money that you give gets the maximum impact. If you find a scam you think we'd like to talk about on the show, you can send it to us at scam at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com. And now it's time for the Cybersecurity Pop Quiz. Each week, we ask you a question in the field of online security or privacy, and it's your job to figure out the right answer. Today's question is a multiple answer question, so any combination of these answers could be correct. The question is, which of the following issues can happen if you do not put a password on your Wi-Fi network? A. Your internet speed could be slowed down, B, your internet access could be turned off, C, your internet traffic will not be encrypted, D, your internet traffic could be sold to advertisers, or E, your internet access could be used by someone else with malicious purposes. The correct answer will be revealed in next week's episode, but if you want to know it right away, you can go to cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash popquiz to submit your answer and find out if you're right. Plus, if you submit your answer on the website, regardless of whether you're right or wrong, you'll be entered to win a $25 Amazon gift card when we conclude Season 3 in August. But your guess to this question must be submitted before the next episode airs this Monday, May 3rd. 
For official rules, visit cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash quiz rules. Last week's question was, the only security threats to your devices can come through the network. True or false? The correct answer is false. While many security threats do come over the network, there are many others that can come from other sources. For example, you could be faced with a loss and possible compromise of your data if your laptop or phone is lost or stolen. And fortunately, the criminals haven't yet figured out how to steal your device over the internet. This means that you can't just focus on securing your network. If someone gets physical access to a device, whether it's a device you lost or someone breaks into your home, the data on that device will be vulnerable unless it's protected. In episode 25, we discussed how to protect the data on your devices. We'll have a link to that episode in the show notes at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash episode 55. Our phones are powerful devices, and they give us access to most of the world's knowledge from almost anywhere. But if you're not careful, you could make mistakes that give people around the world access to data about you. We'll cover five mistakes that could compromise the data on your phone when we come back from this short break. Hi, it's Jim. If you're enjoying the show, we'd love it if you could follow us in your favorite podcast player. That will ensure you never miss an episode. And while you're there, we'd also appreciate it if you could rate the show and give us a review. We'd love to hear what your thoughts are. And finally, the best review that someone can give us is to tell their friends about the show. Invite them to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or send them to our website, cybersecuritymadepersonal.com, where they can find links to the show in all the major podcast players. Thanks for your support, and now back to the show. It was about 30 years ago when my dad came home with our first personal computer. I was in elementary school at the time, and the computers then were quite different than they are today. As I started playing a simple game, it was a skiing game if I remember correctly, I never could have imagined that that device would one day turn into a pocket-sized device that could give us access to virtually all of the world's information. No matter what you want to know, you can probably use your cell phone to find it on the internet. However, our phones have not only given us access to practically everything in the world, they've also given everything in the world access to us. With just knowledge of your email address, phone number, or social media name, people can make that small device in your pocket emit a notification, which, if you're like most people, will probably result in you picking up your phone to check it out. If it stopped there, that might be acceptable to most people. 
but unfortunately, there are many threats that could compromise even more of the data on your phone. And there are ways that you could make it even easier for someone to get to that data. So with that in mind, today I want to cover five mistakes that could be compromising the data on your phone. Mistake number one is downloading suspicious apps. The app stores for our phones are full of wonderful apps that can extend your phone's functionality and make your life easier. But they also have some apps that can compromise your information or steal your data. Fortunately, both Google and Apple do review apps before they're published in the stores, but malicious developers are constantly trying to find new ways to trick them into approving their apps. So be careful when you select an app to download. Make sure that the app you're intending to download is the one you actually are downloading. And do research before you download any app. Read the reviews and make sure the apps are produced by legitimate companies and not ones that are going to steal all of your information. But apps that are completely legitimate can eventually become malicious. That brings us to the second mistake that you could be making, leaving apps on your device that you don't use anymore. No software is perfectly secure. If someone searches hard enough, they'll be able to find a flaw in almost any software program. App developers focus on taking care of the major flaws so that the only issues that remain are the ones that are almost impossible to find. But this also means that each app you install opens the possibility of compromise a little bit more. It's a good idea to delete an app from your device if you determine you're not going to need that app anymore. Not only does it eliminate the possibility of compromise from that app, but it also will free up space on your phone. Along the same line, the third mistake you could be making is not updating your software. Both your operating system, usually either Android or iOS, and your apps will have updates that patch security issues and give you new features. While the new features may not matter to you, the security updates definitely do. Malicious actors will find out what was fixed in each version, and then they'll work to exploit that issue on devices that haven't been patched. That's why it's always a good idea to plan to update your device when an update becomes available. I don't always recommend updating immediately unless the update fixes a flaw that's already been discovered and is currently being exploited. But you should plan to update your devices fairly soon after you find out an update is available. A fourth mistake you could be making is to use your device for sensitive activities while on public Wi-Fi. The mobility of our phones makes them wonderful, but you should never do sensitive things when you're using Wi-Fi from a coffee shop or a hotel. Anytime you connect to a public network, you don't know what other devices are also on that network. Someone could be on the network who is executing attacks against the other devices. Yes, those are very rare, but they do happen, so you shouldn't access your online banking or do shopping on your phone 
when you're on public Wi-Fi. This is especially true because there's a much more secure solution available to you. Shut off your Wi-Fi and use your mobile data plan. Your mobile data is much more secure than public Wi-Fi will be. And finally, the fifth way you could help compromise the data on your phone is by jailbreaking or rooting it. Jailbreaking is generally used for Apple devices and rooting is generally used for Androids, but you will sometimes see them used interchangeably. For the purpose of this episode, we'll use the term jailbreaking to refer to both iOS and Android. Jailbreaking gives you extra access to the controls on your phone. It allows you to change settings that aren't normally available and to install extra software that may not be available through the regular app stores. But it also opens up additional access to your device, and it will usually make your phone unable to receive updates. Of course, if you've jailbroken your phone already, you probably won't want to update it unless you know that jailbreak is available for the new version. There are very few reasons why you should even consider jailbreaking your phone, and most of those legitimate reasons still have other workarounds you could use instead. Jailbreaking creates a greater possibility for data breaches and for you to install malicious applications, something that makes it simply not worth it. So my simple advice with jailbreaking is, just don't do it. While there will be threats to your phone that you can do nothing about, there's plenty of steps you can take to ensure you're not making it easier for those threats to reach your device and your information. Check your apps to make sure you don't accidentally download a malicious one. Uninstall apps you don't use so a flaw in them doesn't compromise your data. Keep your apps up to date so that old flaws can't harm you. Don't access sensitive data when you're using public Wi-Fi, especially since you have mobile data available. And don't jailbreak or root your phone, because this can cause additional security issues. So that's it for today. Enjoy all the benefits your phone can bring, and come back again next week, when we will discuss some privacy or security threats that you can encounter at your public library. So until next time, stay safe. Thanks again for joining us for the Cybersecurity Made Personal podcast. Check out the show notes page linked in the description for links to the articles mentioned, more information about today's tip, and a transcription of this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would consider visiting our welcome page at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash welcome. There, you can find more information about the show and links to some of our most popular episodes. Cybersecurity Made Personal is provided for educational purposes only. Don't take any action on your computer unless you fully understand what you are doing and the possible consequences. Visit cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash disclaimer for more information. Cybersecurity Made Personal is a production of Personal Cybersecurity, LLC. I'm Jim Herman. Thanks for listening and stay safe.